Hello and welcome to the uh, the latest episode of Once Bitten. And before we start today, I wanted to give a shout out. Um, m- many of you know that uh, the, the reason I started this podcast is because I wanted more people to learn what I had learned about Bitcoin. And I figured the only way I could do that is to try and track down the, the, the brightest minds in the space. Um, and many of the peripheral people around the space and people that everyday people where you know, those people that have um, been affected by bitcoin and touched by bitcoin and understand the the scope of what it could mean for them and their families and this was an education mission and many of you have heard my interview with Raul Pal um please if you haven't go back and check it out and Raul Pal was the co-founder of Real Vision and Real Vision started with this same ethos six to seven years ago that being a global macro investor he saw what was coming in 2008 but didn't have enough time to warn as many people as he could and out of that was born real vision and i was one of the lucky early subscribers to real vision and it started educating me and shaping my life around uh, the decisions i made and that is how i ultimately learned about Bitcoin and that is why I wanted to have Raul on the show. Now I wanted to put out a little message for for Real Vision and to help them with their uh, mission of trying to reach more and more people especially in these times and um, Raul was uh, very uh, very pleased that uh, that I reached out to them and um, wanted me to to help spread their message. So a message from Real Vision is Go and check out their site. You can you can get a, a free trial for two weeks. Use that two weeks to download as much audio and video as you like. You know, it's there. There's thousands and thousands of videos you can choose and pick and whatever it is, whatever topic that you want to learn about economics or whatever markets, go and check it out. And if you if you go and check out their app as well, if you don't have time to watch the interviews, you can download the audio and just use that as a podcast. It's a really, really powerful tool. I really can't recommend them higher than than shilling them on the beginning of my podcast because the, the power of knowledge is key. And what we are facing right now in this economic turmoil, if you if you just learn one thing that might help you and your family in the future, then it's just worth that two-week free trial. Um, they're always running different um, different special times, special periods for you to go and sign up. Most recently, they were running a, uh, a membership for um, $1, uh, which would give you limited time. So go check it out. Reach out to Raul on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. Follow Real Vision on Twitter. And... Um, do the best you can to educate yourself further. So um, thank you again to Real Vision and thank you again to Raul for agreeing to come on the show. And um, I'll just leave it at that. Thank you very much for listening and I hope you uh, look forward to today's guest. Today's guest on the show is Alex Svetsky. And the reason I reached out to Alex was because uh, just yesterday um, he put out this awesome tweet storm and um, a... Uh, a medium article about uh, his thoughts about what's going on at the moment and um, the, the state of affairs in the world. And I really wanted to reach out to him and, and get his thoughts around that. And um, 
get into it. So, uh, Alex, welcome. Thanks for having me on, man. Well, let's, um, before we dive into it, let's, uh, if the listeners, um, if you wouldn't mind um, giving a brief background, um, I, I'm a new podcast, I'm attracting new listeners, so people might not be um, too familiar with exactly who you are and, uh, and what you do. Cool. Um, all right. So I founded um, the world's first Bitcoin-only dollar-cost averaging app called Amber. We're based out of Australia. We've sort of been really pushing the whole DCA meme for a long time. And yeah, we're, we're at a stage now where um, we're looking to expand into Europe and some other jurisdictions as well. But um, it's obviously been a an interesting journey. Um, I myself am now in Europe, locked down in... Um, thanks to all this Corona shit. So it's kind of hilarious. Um, and yeah, that's sort of been, that, that's, that's the main area where I spend my time. Um, side project as well that I worked on uh, last year and will probably continue moving forward is a little publication called the Bitcoin Times, which is long form, deep sort of Bitcoin essays and, um, and just, what, what, what I like to think of as timeless pieces for Bitcoin. So the first one I did all myself um, and then the second edition, which we pushed out right before the end of the year, um, has some incredible pieces from Nick Carter, Dan Held, Robert Breedlove, Haas McCook, uh, Gigi, Connor Brown, um, Rory Highside and myself. So it's, um, it's probably one of the strongest Bitcoin pieces or strongest compilations of bitcoin work i think available on the internet today so um highly recommend a read it's all free uh, you just go to bitcointimes.news and um you can download the pdf there mate that's awesome um I've, i i didn't know that i'm gonna go find that for for 100 percent and um amber if you wouldn't mind uh, telling people exactly uh what you mean by uh, dollar cost averaging because i i, I try and make sure everybody you know, absolutely 100% understands the the power of of what you're trying to achieve with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've been fucking around with markets since I was 19 years old. So it's been now, Jesus, 14 years, right? So, you know, and, and I've seen every up and down you can think of from, you know, the 2008 crash to like the gold and silver boom to like all sorts of ridiculousness in between. And, you know, the, the, the one thing that I regret all my life is just not having you know, consistently, you know, bought some form of asset. You know, I've always tried to fucking trade my way through and, you know, made money, lost money, made but it's just been this fucking incessant roller coaster all my life. And, you know, when I came across uh, Bitcoin and really started taking it seriously in 2016, um, I, you know, saw how volatile it was. And for me, I wanted to, you know, get people to like acquire some, but in a manner that was sensible. So the first version of the app, it was kind of a bit more like Acorn. So, you know, you would link your bank account and we'd round up your spare change and, um, and buy Bitcoin, you know, with that spare change. We found that that was a bit too clunky because people needed to give us too much, um, you know, access to their bank accounts. You know, we'd have to see all their transactions to be able to do those roundups and shit. So it kind of went against the ethos that we've got around, you know, personal privacy and all that sort of stuff. So we kind of dropped the roundup feature and really pioneered the whole set an amount and just forget. So the way the app works now is people just tell the app an amount and a frequency. So like $5 a day or 50 bucks a week or $100 a month, whatever they, whatever parameters they set. And it just basically in the background just buys them Bitcoin, chucks it in cold storage, and then they can withdraw it to their own wallet if they want. 
um, or you know most most of our users are noobs, so they they just have no concept of how to self custody. So whilst they're learning that, you know we we manage we we manage the custody for them via a partnership with um, Unchained Capital. So everything's in multi-sig, 100% cold storage, yada yada yada, um, and it sort of gives you know people who who are still new to the space, you know, because I, I think self custody is an important concept. But it's very dangerous for most people because uh, you know I would I would posit that most people um, who don't take it seriously enough um, will lose their Bitcoin when they custody it themselves. So we try and proxy best in you know best in class um, multi sig to you know give noobs that sort of safety until they're well versed enough to um to to do it themselves. So. Yeah, that's that's the basic premise of the app, man. Um, it's always been Bitcoin only. Um, you know, in in the early early days, we were thinking about listing Ethereum until I sort of dug deeper and just realized that it's the biggest steaming pile of shit on the face of the planet. I, I hate Ethereum with a passion. I, I was very quick to come to that conclusion, and since then, we've been purely purely Bitcoin only, and will always be like that. Man, that's nice. And where's where's it available? Where's the the app? Um, only, only available in Australia at the moment. Um, so you need to be you need to have an Australian bank account and Australian phone number to be able to use it. Do you have any plans to roll out into Europe or yeah, the yeah, US? Well, yeah, yeah, that, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. So um, the plan is to, like we we should have sort of been ready by now, but um, you know, Corona's sort of thrown a spanner in the works because like you know what what you've got to do to launch a new jurisdiction is. You know, sort out your, you know, licensing and regulatory sort of shit, but also have um, the relationship with the banks and everything. And for the last week, I've not seen a single reply in my emails. <laughs> so everyone's either fucking turned into zombies or working, pretending to work from home and just not working. So we we will be in Europe soon. That's sort of the the game plan. And Berlin is where you are, right? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm I'm sort of traveling around. Right. Okay. Um, where, like, <laughs> so there's on on this thread that um, you, so, something spurred you to write this, and um, you know, could, could you tell us around, you know, what triggered that, and um, yeah, uh, uh, what you're going through at the moment? Yeah, a couple couple things triggered it for me. Like, I mean, I, I haven't actually gone running for a little while, right? And I, I you know. A couple of days ago, like because I don't, you know, all the gyms and everything where I am, they're all closing down and all that sort of stuff because you know they don't want people in there and gathering and you know, touching shit. So I was like, all right, fuck it, I need to do something to like, you know, get outside and move. So I've started going for a run, and like I have these epiphanies when I go for a run. This shit just hits me, and I you know get all fired up. And I think what spawned it was a couple of things. One is just recently, like people's anger and reaction to people that aren't social distancing. They're like, oh, you know, you're such a fucking asshole. You know, you should be social distancing and, you know, it's all your fault that this is happening. So it's sort of that. And and that that to me is just, I don't know, just I, I understand, you know, the importance of being sensible, but um, just the, the anger directed at a symptom, not a cause, just kind of rubs me the wrong way. So, so that was sort of one thing. Um, and then I think the second thing is just, seeing the um the authoritarian creep just occurring um as you know w- w- with corona being the scapegoat that's being used as the reason that we need to institute new laws and fucking regulations to basically you know creep into your personal life creep into your privacy 
take a bit of freedom away. And obviously the, the big one, which they're, you know, completely brazen about is um, devalue the fuck out of your wealth because, you know, obviously helicopter money will fix everything. So, so it was kind of a mixture of those things. Um, you know, I saw a couple, uh, I really, really, really like respect um, Giacomo Zucco. You know, he's, he's just one of the guys who I think in this space has just remained just consistent, intelligent, and just, you know, has authentically stuck by, you know, the shit he's been saying. Um, I mean, he's the guy who called out that fuck with Trace Mayer. Like, I've never liked that prick, but, you know, Giacomo really called him out um, during that last thing. Um, and, you know, he, he's just been one of those guys who um, who's just on point, um, you know, since I sort of came into this space. Um, and, you know, he, he's sort of, you know, made a few comments about, you know, how so-called libertarians and, you know, Bitcoiners are out there talking about personal sovereignty and then, you know, a little fucking virus starts spreading around the world and all of a sudden they, you know, begging for government intervention and save my soul, you know, like so willing to give up the things they say they value for, you know, the illusion of um, safety and protection. And I don't know, I guess all of that sort of stuff was um, boiling away because I've just really kept quiet about this whole Corona thing the entire time. But, um, you know, it was obviously boiling away in the back of my mind. And, yeah, and then as I was running, um, this sort of, like, rant came through me and I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> like, I, I ran up the hill, sat on the park bench and just spat it out. <laughs> and um, and here we are. And here we are indeed. And, um, yeah, if I – if I, I'm going to pick a few um, of them out um, from, from the tweet thread and, and ask you to go a little bit deeper and, and talk more about it. Um, so if I just read one of them, uh, the real problem, uh, the real problem is the fact, actually, before we do this, how would you, if you were still in Australia, would this have hit you as hard? Do you think? What, what's the vibe over there? Do you have any feel? Uh, dude, dude, the vibe over there is, um, I, I don't know. I can't get a read like different people that I talk to say different things. Some people are still a bit blase about it. Um, some people have sort of gone into panic mode, like in different, different States are a little bit different. So I know New South Wales, like everyone lost their fucking minds there. And that's sort of where the whole toilet paper fucking bull run came from. Like, you know, those maniacs went and just bought fucking everything. Um, so, so I don't know, like there seems to be like a really mixed response um, in Australia. Like I was watching something funny today. It's like that idiot, um, that so-called prime minister in Australia called Scott Morrison <laughs> made a comment during a press release. He's like, you know, most of all, you know, the way Australia is going to be- defeat the coronavirus is by Australians being Australians. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? Like, like should should Italians just be Australians and that's how they're going to beat the coronavirus? It's like, what are you saying, you fucking monkey? So, like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, s- some parts of me, you know, think that might be easier over there, but, you know, some parts, like, I know that they've instituted some crazy fucking fines for, like, going outside without a permission, like, without some note or something like that. So, I mean, Australia is, like, you know, I know Singapore's probably the capital for, you know, copying a fine for fucking anything you do, but, like, Australia is, like, right up there. Like, they'll fine you for just about anything. Like, it's a real um, insidious kind of police state. And I, I know the, the way they're going to handle this is just by fucking slapping fines on everybody for anything that you do. So 
I don't know. It's um, it's definitely not the epicenter of you know the shitstorm like what Europe is slowly becoming, but um, you know it's it's got its own dramas. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, onto the thread. Uh, the real problem is the fact that we've allowed those who purport to run the show to meddle and play fucking God with not only our wealth, but now our health. These fuckers were not kept accountable, and as a society, we've been walking forward blindly like sheep to a slaughter. Yeah, so true. Um, I don't know. What, what, what would you like me to drill into there? When you... Um, when you talk about um, meddling with our health, what, what what exactly do you think you're trying to point point your finger at there? Well, meddling with our health, I mean, you know, without sounding like a fucking conspiracy theorist, like this shit didn't come from fucking bats, like some spontaneously fucking, you know, virus just appeared out of some bat's asshole and went to another animal and then, you know, came to us. Like what a fucking bullshit story. Like, I mean... This shit is a hundred million percent manufactured in a lab, um, and whether the outbreak was fucking accidental or on purpose, you know, we'll never know. But um, <clears throat> you know, th- things like this just don't spontaneously fucking happen. Um, and you know, the the thing is, we we as society blindly trust that these fucking morons in government. Um, supposedly have our best interests at heart and that, you know, they're working on things like the the amount of biological type of um, experimentation that's happening, especially in places like fucking China, like the chances, the the fact that something like this hasn't already happened is like surprising, you know, to to be honest, because they're, they're just tampering with all sorts of shit. And we just, as a society, are too busy fucking Snapchatting ourselves and Instagramming ourselves and doing whatever other fucking stupidity we're doing, watching Netflix series, whilst all this crap's going on in the fucking background. Um, and, you know, like, we just keep bending over and fucking taking it. And, um, <clears throat> like, you know, th- th- this is going to affect not only the the lives of a bunch of people, but also their, you know, their health. And um, it's just, man, it just baffles the mind. It's like just such a little textbook, playbook, um, move and people are just lapping that shit up. So I, I just don't know what to, um, don't know what to say. Like, yeah. And, and I would, I would agree as well, even on uh, a level of, um, you know, getting society addicted to, um, prescription drugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. <clears throat> okay. Number three, trusting, Governments who are screwing around with biological, social, and monetary experiments to have our best interests at heart is where the root of the problem lies. And they are now telling you that the problem lies with you. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's an extension of exactly what we were just talking about, right? So, you know, th- I, I just find it so, like, preposterous and stupid to, um, to like, try and solve a problem that was caused by, you know, meddling and fucking around with, you know, controls and shit nobody understands, i.e. biology and i.e. fucking economics, and then somehow try and convince everyone that the solution to that is because you as a human being have 
you know, some fucking freedoms left, you know, things like privacy and the ability to fucking go out and hang out with your friends and, you know, live a life and work. Like, like that's supposedly the, um, the issue here. Not, not, not the fact that we've been fucking playing God in the background. You know, the real issue is you, all you people, um, you know, living, <laughs> you guys are the problem. And it's just so fucking dumb. And then, then you've got all these idiots trying to play social justice warrior and fucking Captain Fantastic telling everybody else that they're assholes because, um, you know, they're not taking this seriously enough. Yeah, we've got to now take like some precautions and, you know, all, you know, ourselves be um, sensible about how we treat it. Like it's, do you know what's funny? is like at the end of the day, we, the citizens, the people actually need to fucking fix this. We need to fix the fuck up that these morons in the background um, have caused um, by being responsible people. And, you know, whether it's, you know, locking ourselves in our, you know, apartments, which I don't entirely um, recommend, you know, I think I've sort of spent time inside, but I'll also spend time outside every single day going for a run in the park. Um, because I think it's really important to like maintain some level of fucking health and particularly respiratory health if this is what this thing is affecting. Um, but it's like, it's just, just the, just the brazen like guilt trip that's being applied for, for people who like, you know, everyone's now expected to completely change their fucking lifestyle and feel guilty about doing things that are just a normal human being has the right to do because some fuckwit, um, decided to like, you know, we keep saying play God with biology and now, you know, playing God with fucking economics and, you know, the, the whole system is crumbling. It's just so fucking wrong, man. It makes me so angry. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And it gets me fired up as well. Um, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I agree with ev absolutely everything you're saying. Do you see any hope that when things calm down, that the people can rise up together and start taking back control? Man, I, I just don't think anyone, you know, has collectively got the balls to do that sort of a rise up anymore. So unfortunately, I think the only, um, or fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know, but the only, the only method of um, rise up that exists today is really like buying Bitcoin um, because what that does is it removes your productive capacity and economic capacity from the old system. Um, and the more we do that, the more the old system will have less legs to stand on and it's going to fall apart. It's like literally where I, I don't know if you've read Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged, mm -hmm. but um, that, that's what we're experiencing in real life now. Like, you know, the... In, in her book, you know, the men of the mind just slowly disappear and get out of the fucking system one by one and go to, you know, Galt's Gulch, you know, the valley. And, you know, the, the rest of the idiots left behind, you know, fall, stumble and fucking fall on top of each other and the whole thing fucking collapses on top of them because they're so fucking incompetent and stupid. So I, I really honestly believe that the only, the only fucking lifeboat here is, um, is Bitcoin. And, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be at the dock for as long as possible for as you know many people as possible to fucking pay the ticket to jump on. But the ticket's just gonna continue to get more expensive. Um, and like, I honestly think that is the um, that is the manifestation of the collective uprising that's gonna happen in this generation. It's not gonna be um, like prior generations where we you know come out and you know fight physically because I think that the problem these days is like 
you know, f- physical oppression is just, just a too fucking violent. Like, you know, on, on a macro scale, you know, we can all blow ourselves up very fucking quickly. Like all it takes is for someone to push the red button, whether you're, you know, India, China, America, fucking Russia, whatever, like we'll blow the whole fucking world up really quickly. Um, or B it's like, you know, I mean, unless you're in America where the second amendment still holds true in some places, I mean, what the fuck are you going to do in Europe? Like, you're not allowed to have a gun. You're not allowed to have shit. Like, it's really hard to, like, physically revolt here. Um, you know, the, the yellow vests and all that sort of stuff are doing their thing. But, I mean, there's no better protest. There's no better uprising than to just opt out um, and move your economic and productive capacity to something that, um, you know, doesn't aid the thing that's, you know, leeching you and bleeding you dry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a silent vote. And I think, you know... Um being in France uh, and having seen the Gilets Jaunes and um, everything that they um, were, were protesting against, I think that's coming again when when the coronavirus thing starts going away and people are suddenly left realising that um, their privacy has been encroached upon and all of these draconian laws. Like we, we in France, you can't leave the house unless you have a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're like we're like children in fucking kindergarten now. And 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 when someone questions it, it's like, well, wait a minute, what's going on here? Everyone's like, oh, you're just a fucking idiot. You know, you don't believe in social distancing. You're the fucking reason the world's coming to an end. But, well, no, wait a minute, you fucking idiot. That's not the reason. Uh, you know, there's a there's a cause, and this is a symptom. And buying Bitcoin is that silent vote? That's um, perfectly put. But, perfectly put. It, it, yeah, dude, it is. And it's like, I, it kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, I've, I've had this, like, just a joke of a theory, but just seems to be coming more and more true is like that, you know, Satoshi was some form of time traveler who, you know, comes from a future that's a complete clusterfuck and realizes that he's got to, like, plant a seed in order for all of us idiots to kind of survive, <laughs> give us an opt out. And, um, you know, comes back and drops it just in the nick of time, you know, gives it a good 10 years to like sort of pick up momentum, you know, preparing for this one. I, I don't think this is the big one. I think, you know, we're probably going to kind of fumble our way into, you know, potentially quote unquote saving the fucking Ponzi scheme one last time. But, um, you know, like it's just, I don't know, man, it brings chills down my spine when I think about it. It's, um, you know, the, the, the way sort of Bitcoin came into the world um, and the way it's like acting as, the last bastion of hope for a for a free society. It's um, it's like, you know, very eerie to me. So, I don't mm. know. And it's funny you bring up Ayn Rand and um, yeah, Atlas Shrugged, and whether Satoshi ever thought about naming himself John Galt in the in the beginning, mm-hmm. because uh, you know that's that's what the citadels are going to become, right? That's exactly the same thing. It's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's mad. Okay, um, right. Uh, yeah, you, you you go on and, and along the lines of uh, uh, and that taking your freedom away is how they're going to fix it. Taking your wealth away is how they're going to save us. Um, please uh, explain to to the listeners what what you mean by that. How how you see that they're how we understand that they're taking our wealth away. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, you know Bitcoiners and you know people in the space have been sort of talking about the whole helicopter money problem for how long now? You know, we, we, we've been saying that part of the reason this whole system is unstable is because you've got easy money that's 
easily created. And, you know, if money is supposed to represent time, effort, energy, work, produce, like, um, you know, the, the fact that you can just print and create it, like it distorts, fundamentally distorts the fabric of society. And, um, and in doing so, what it does is it devalues the unit through which we measure our time, work, effort, you know, in other words, money. Um, and all they're doing by printing you know, a ridiculous amount of money is that um, they're going to shore up their own fucking balance sheets. So here's the Cantillon effect that worked. They're going to shore up their own balance sheets. Um, you know, they're going to bail their own dumbasses out. Um, and in the process, rob the rest of us because the purchasing power of our money is going to tank. Like, I mean, I'm so fucking pissed off now because, you know, I'm from Australia and the value of my shitty Australian dollars, because I still earn a wage in shithole Australian dollars, um, continues to tank. It's down another two and a half percent today. Like we're sub 60 cents. We're at 58 and a half cents to the US dollar when we were 70 cents a couple months ago. It's fucking madness, man. So like I'm going broke by the second, um, relatively speaking to America, and the American dollar is also tanking <laughs> um, in terms of relative in terms of its own purchasing power against other uh, goods and services. So here we are, we're all fucking being robbed blind to again um, supposedly fix um, the problem that apparently the coronavirus has caused. The coronavirus didn't cause fucking this problem. This problem existed beneath it. Like I think one of the um, sections in the tweet storm was you know when you build a fucking house of cards the problem isn't the fucking wind the fact is you built the house of cards on the beach and guess what the fucking wind was going to come you idiot and you know when when the wind comes you don't blame the wind you blame your own fucking dumb ass for building a house of cards on the wind and and that's exactly what we've done at the moment so all that corona's done is it's sort of you know if i use another metaphor the tides come out and you know we've realized everyone's got no fucking pants on or no swimmers on you know everyone's fucking naked so um you know that, that that's all it's done it's just one of those um tail risk you know fat tail events that um that occurs which again like i said earlier i'm surprised it hasn't occurred yet because of all the fucking meddling you know dictatorial communist fucking states like china are doing in the background um you know when something like that hits of course this fucking fragile edifice of a society that we have is going to start fucking crumbling because everything is so intertwined, interlinked, so dependent on everything else. Um, and all we've done is just fucking inflate the shit out of it by continually um, basically creating uh, phantom wealth out of thin air through rehypothecation, through fucking printing money like they're fucking doing now through artificially dropping interest rates and, you know, causing, you know, allowing stupid ideas and stupid business models to, um, to continue to subsist. Like, you know, this whole Boeing thing is another great example of like pigs who pigged out, you know, used all of that, um, <clears throat> extra, you know, free cash flow, um, which was also the result of, you know, all of this excess stimulus and this excess fucking blind capital, flowing through the world, you know, they made a lot of money out of that because, you know, travel got so big, particularly in the last few years as this, um, you know, 10 year bull run has fucking peaked. Um, and th these idiots, instead of like, you know, shoring up their balance sheet and realizing that some, you know, at some point, you know, it's time to pay the fucking piper, they go and buy their own stock and fucking inflate the thing further. Like, holy moly. Like, it's just, 
it, it it's wild, man. And now, like, the, what, one of the things that people don't realize, it's like, you know, now Boeing's asking for, um, you know, $50, $50 billion bailout from the fucking government, right? Where, where the fuck does that money come from? You know, it comes from one of two places, either the fucking, the, the budget, which comes out of taxes, which comes out of all of our fucking pockets. So we're technically bailing out fucking Boeing, not the government. Um, or, you know, they have to fucking print the money to have it on the balance sheet to fucking bail out Boeing, which again, comes out of fucking our pocket through a hidden tax called, you know, the devaluation of the wealth we hold. So either way, you, me, and the rest of us fucking idiots here, we're going to pay for the stupidity of a pack of fucking bureaucrats and morons um, because they pigged out, basically. Um, whilst the rest of us, um, you know, whether we pigged out or not, um, doesn't matter. We, uh, um, we're just copying us like good citizens. So, yeah, that's a long version of um, my take on them taking our wealth as a apparent solution to fucking saving us. And it's like Boeing is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Car companies, 100%. Oh, man. Suck shit to all of them, honestly. You know, anyone who was, um, they all fucking deserve to burn at this point in time, man. Like, um, you know, like I, I have zero fucking remorse um, for that kind of shit. And, and I'm like, I for one, I'm not paying for it. Simple as that. It's, um, yeah. And a bank? Do you think a bank goes under? Uh, I mean, who knows, man? At this stage, anything's possible. I, I think we're, we're like the ramifications of this are going to be, you know, more widespread than I think people realize at this stage. Um, so, you know, we've seen a dramatic fucking route. Like, you know, that this sort of um, move is, you know, clearly unprecedented. Like, you know, you don't move 30, 40%, you know, on a major fucking stock market that's as liquid as America. Um, you know, without something fundamentally, <clears throat> something fundamentally, you know, having broken um, internally. So yeah, I, I don't know whether that means you know banks start to fall over or whatever the case is. I mean, you've seen you know things like Francis Puglia was talking about it, like you know start withdrawing cash out of the banks while you still can, and you know, and Bank of America has limited cash withdrawals to like three thousand dollars or whatever. So. I don't know, man. The, you know, this, this is less of a financial crisis though as 2008 was. This is a bit more of a um, you know, corporate debt crisis. So I think this is, uh, and obviously this is going to have a material impact on um, on the real economy as well, not just the the phantom, um, you know, what what I call the phantom economy, like stock markets and all that bullshit, which is really just, you know, fake money fucking sloshing around looking for assets to drive up in price. Um, but yeah, the the real economy is going to get fundamentally impacted because of this, because people are going to lose their fucking jobs. You know, they're not going to be working for weeks on end. You know, not everyone can work remotely. You know, shit's you know, hospitality is going to get smashed. Travel is going to get smashed. Like all this sort of stuff. So that's that's going to have some really long lasting effects. So um, yeah, this this isn't going away tomorrow. So I wonder. You know, I'm curious if we're going to have a bit of a like a, a stock market bounce off this because we've just so like we've dived so hard. So you know, my, my guess is that we have some sort of bounce, and then followed by a, um, a longer term route um, because this is this is fundamentally systemic in nature, and um, it, it may mean that um, some banks fucking become insolvent in the process. I don't know. And it's funny you mentioned that because just like minutes before we came on to record, um, the S&P was limit down again today. Oh, really? Again? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, right. Um, well, what, what led you down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin? Because, you know, and, and, and how long have you been this far down? And, uh, you know, you, you're speaking obviously uh, very eloquently about um, the, like the, the problem with the economy. So you've clearly put a lot of work and, and thought into it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Like, you know, what brought you here? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I think most people, if they have heard me before, have sort of heard this multiple times. But um, I think I've had a an interesting background that sort of primed me for Bitcoin quite well. So from from being really strong with um, with things like math and physics and sort of engineering and everything from a young age, um, I sort of did that at uni, dropped out of uni, took my scholarship money, traded the stock market in you know, 2007, lost everything at the end of 2007, sort of rode the whole 2008 wave, um, you know, and try to learn over the next couple of years, like how I fucked up so badly. And then um, made made a bunch of money during the gold and silver bull run. That's sort of where I first, you know, was ex, you know, exposed to the concept of um, hard money and things like that. And sort of went down all the conspiracy theories at that point in time, which, you know, I guess primed my mind in different ways. Like, you know, a lot of conspiracy theories, like fucking lizard people and, you know, stupid shit like that are really dumb. Um, but, um, you know, there's, there's some, there is some, you know, evident truths, you know, out there about, you know, the way some things are, um, some things are run, but, but then you've also got the reality of the fact that, you know, large scale systems are, you know, way too complex to all be, you know, run by white men behind closed fucking doors. Right. So, um, you know, so, 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 you know, the, the reality of the fact is things aren't really that convenient. <laughs> um, you know, so for, unfortunately for most conspiracy theories, like, you know, that a lot, a lot of them are bullshit. But um, I guess, you know, having sort of gone through that um, and having, you know, developed a healthy distaste for um, for the way governments run things, for the way the economic system works, et cetera, um, you know, I, I kind of then spent a bunch of years, you know, doing my own things around, you know, health, fitness, and starting companies, being entrepreneurial, and doing all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, that sort of gave me a taste of other elements in life, which I think are poorly understood and, you know, you know, wrongfully discussed and everything. And it just, uh, I guess I, I built, you know, really good critical thinking over the years. And for me, the catalyst um, in getting into Bitcoin in 2016 was like, I'd obviously heard about it before. I think a lot of people had, you know, probably around 2012, 2013, around whether it was Mt. Gox or I think where I first heard about it was, and I can't remember whether it was fucking Max Pies or Mike Maloney or someone in that sort of scene because back then I was sort of all into the whole, you know, the, the gold bug movement and all of that. Um, but, but I didn't take it seriously then. So when I, when, when I came across it again in 2016, um, you know, I was like, oh, this thing's still around. So I, like I did a deeper dive and try and understand it um, better. And yeah, man, like... The, the the more I dove, the more I was hungry uh, for information. The more um, the more this thing just fundamentally uh, intrigued me, um, and I wanted to know more. Um, and you know, I, I think I, I will credit um, Andreas Antonopoulos was one of the first people who like really just delivered on the message really well. Um, I don't know fucking how he derailed so badly. Um, in recent content um, was really awful in the beginning. I mean, that's me get my head around what's important with this whole um, 
with this whole Bitcoin thing. And it's just been a never-ending journey since then, man. Um, right, yeah. So what's, um, what do you think then has been, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you were brought into the space uh, like, like many of us first, uh, you know, on the, the, the speculative side of things and, and thinking about, oh, this is going to be a great way to, you know, especially as a trader, um, you, you probably came in, I don't know, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming you came in to try and trade within it and make money, or were you a straight-up hodler? Um, and now, now, how do you see it? How, how, as time has progressed, how do you see, um, like, the whole ecosystem around Bitcoin and uh, its deeper reaches? Yeah, well, that, that's actually a really good question. So I, I've got a little um, meme that I've, you know, tweeted out before is, I came for the money, and I stayed for the money um, in capitals. So like, you know, everyone sort of says, you know, I, I came for the fucking this and stayed for the this. Like for me, it's I came for the money and I stayed for the fucking money. So when I first came into it, I was like, holy shit, I looked at the price. Um, and I was like, you know, because the, the first time I'd heard about it was like, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. And it was like 600 bucks the next time I heard it. I was like, holy fucking shit. So like I, I, you know, genuinely wanted to make money out of this thing. But the more I fucking dug into it, the more like, for me, the narrative has changed from, you know, making money, which to me, I perceived money as, you know, dollars in some form. And, you know, Bitcoin was going to help me become dollar rich. Now, the way I see it is like, Bitcoin's a one-way fucking street for me, man. Like it is uh, like, to, to the idea of selling Bitcoin to me is just so fucking preposterous. It's like, why would I get rid of my money for an inferior fucking thing? Like it makes absolutely no sense to me. And yeah, you know, some might say that, look, you know, if you if you sell some, you can buy some more later. And obviously this recent dip is like evidence of that. Um, but like, I've been around markets for way too long. You know, timing shit's way too difficult. Like I've been a bear for, you know, many, many years. Um, and like, I mean, even I didn't think like in the early days when Corona was sort of, you know, starting to spread, even I didn't think it would hit the market this hard. I was like, oh yeah, you know, they'll just fucking announce another stimulus package, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we'll be off to the races again. So it's like, it's just too hard to fucking time anything. So I, I just, for me now, it's just become a game of how do I accumulate as much territory as I can on this Bitcoin network um, so that in future um, I have enough Bitcoin to, you know, be in, for my definition, a sovereign individual, um, you know, who's wealthy, who took the fucking risk, um, you know, to do something with this. And then the, the, ram the, the much deeper ramifications for me, you know, really lie in the idea of, um, you know, the, the personal liberties, freedoms, and, you know, the, the idea of a self-sovereign individual who, you know, has the right and the capacity to, um, to choose for himself. Um, and, you know, Bitcoin just represents that on such an important level, you know, not, not only at the individual level, but also, you know, at the collective level, it gives us a chance to operate um, economically and socially um, as human beings uh, without the requirement, um, you know, of, you know, the, the state in its traditional sense, um, you know, that we see it today like without fucking permission, without having to like fucking beg for permission or, you know, the right to like perform a fucking transaction like they do with all these stupid KYC AML laws and everything like that. It's just, you know, the, the, the state has come to a point of decay where, you know, it's, it's only, it's only option is failure, but along the, um, 
along its path to failure, along its path to doom, it's going to like tighten its grip further and further and further. And we're going to see like the craziest fucking regulations and restrictions and laws and regulations and crap come in. And, um, and like Bitcoin's a fucking lifeboat from that. So, so to me, it's just so important because, you know, one, we're changing the world. Two, you know, is the selfish component is like, you know, I'm, I'm fucking protecting myself and those who I love. Um, but three, it's, you know, it's also the, the, the wealth element of it and just capturing, you know, monetary territory on this thing that, um, that everybody else, um, you know, is yet to be a part of. So, you know, we're, we're, we're genuinely fucking front running the rest of the world. So, um, yeah, the, the, those elements really resonate with me. Like, and, and even the contrarian bit, like I, I, I've got an article that's sort of still in draft is that Bitcoin is the ultimate contrarian bet. It's the contrarian bet. In the normal world, it's a contrarian bet amongst blockchainers. It's a contrarian bet amongst crypto fucking morons. It's a contrarian bet against shitcoiners. It's a contrarian bet against government. It's it's like because every one of those parties and groups think it's going to fucking fail, um, except for us Bitcoiners, and um, and we're the soundest, most logical thinkers out of all of us. <laughs> and you know, it's like you just don't get that. You don't get something like Peter Thiel's question is, you know, what fundamental truth do you believe in that um, you know everybody else thinks it's false. So it could be paraphrasing, it could be the other way around, but it's like, um, you just don't fucking get that. Like, you know, Bitcoin represents that in such a way that um, to me just spells like an incredible opportunity for, for the things I value most, freedom, liberty, wealth, um, and, you know, the, the right to be who you want to be. And I think you've got a pretty interesting take as well on, on exactly what's going on right now with these like ridiculously stringent laws that we're facing. You, you clearly see this as a precursor to, you know, once, once this is all said and done, what, what laws do you think they're trying to put in place right now? Like, first of all, like strong arming them straight in under the guise of we have to do this because of uh, coronavirus and it's for your protection. But once mm-hmm. it's all gone away, what do you think they're just going to quietly leave there? What are they, what, you know, like privacy-wise, for example? I mean, I, I heard that they're now like, um, you know, tracking everybody's phones to make sure that, you know, people aren't actually leaving their homes, you know, that they're staying at home and all this sort of stuff. So I wonder, you know, what backdoor bullshit legislation they're going to need to pass to um to maintain that sort of stuff so that sure if another pandemic fucking occurs um you know they know where people are so that way they can um they can stop the spread early or whatever so you know i think a lot of that kind of um location-based privacy stuff is going to get um really fucking interesting the money ones are going to be really interesting as well like i wonder what they're going to do with um you know increasing cash bans um and really you know trying to shore up you know the the financial system by trying to keep things in the financial system that they control so you know they, they'll they'll come up with bullshit reasons to um to you know continue really clamping down on the fucking cash ban the, the one that i'm probably also most afraid of is um you know them building like and i think matt odell posted a tweet of this like uh in china now like these uh, enforcement officers or whatever the fuck they're calling themselves with these new helmets that um that measure people's temperature as they're walking around and you know if your temperature's a bit high they'll grab you and throw you in the back of a fucking van <laughs> it's like you know what's next so first they're going to measure your temperature then they'll measure your heart rate then they might measure 
what your eyes are looking at and um or you know facial recognition it's just like man like at what point do you you know do you draw the line and and this is the kind of shit that um you know that drives me mental um amongst people and and all we're doing by sitting within the current economic system is that we are paying for them to continue doing this stuff like our taxes and you know the the inflation that they use to um you know to enrich themselves and leech from the rest of us is paying for them to further and further um box us in it's like it's fucking crazy so by taking whatever we can out of the fiat economy in whatever country you're living in whatever currency you have and putting that into the bitcoin um network that's that's like the, the in, in your mind that's the best thing we can do to fight this absolutely absolutely man you're, you're you're taking the resource away and they can't do nothing about it now i had phil Bonello on um i don't know about 10 episodes ago and he wrote a post about um the nation state's dilemma for adopting bitcoin mm-hmm. what are your thoughts around that do you do you think that's already quietly going on in the background or do you think they still don't get it? Mm. That's going to be um, slowly, slowly, but then all at once, like sort of, you know, they, these kind of game theory situations, are, you know, they, they might be doing a bunch of research and thinking about it in the background. Um, I think most of them are still probably too arrogant to, um, to, you know, believe that, you know, it's like as if we would fucking base our thing on Bitcoin. Like, you know, we, we've got too much pull with our own thing. Right. So, I think you know that that probably sentiment is still the stronger of the two, but um, I, I think there's probably you know a decent amount of research going on in the background, um, and at some point you know whoever pulls the trigger first is probably going to lead the way, and you know a couple others will probably pull triggers straight after, and you, you'll sort of have a um, a you know maybe a period where some smaller nation states who are sick and tired of um, you know whether it's ha- you know, having their own currencies fucking completely collapse, you know, every 10 years or whatever it is, um, you know, might might have a shift in thinking, you know, someone like, I, I don't know, because the, the, the other variable here is like, what does a nation state look like, um, you know, with, you know, with Bitcoin, like do things become more local, like do, do things fragment more, which I think is, um, is also likely to happen. So it's, it's kind of hard to say, you know, whether, um, there will even be, you know, by the time, you know, supposed nation states want to, you know, base their economic system on something you know, like Bitcoin, you know, whether they, they will even exist in the same capacity or the, the same you know, way we see them today. So it, it may start with, you know, smaller communities um, or muni- municipalities or, you know, maybe economic, free, free economic zones. Um, you know, I think they call them, um, something uh zona francas or whatever like you know it, it might start with you know places like that that first do it and you know show the example i i, I don't know that there's there's a there's a practicality element there's a um there's a you know obviously a political element there's um there's a critical mass element there's a there's a volatility and liquidity element with bitcoin itself you know it still needs to mature quite a bit um and you know then there's a game theory element to it all which is you know who, who makes the first move, you know, who takes that initial risk um, and, you know, and what that sort of looks like in the cascading effect after that. So, yeah, I, I don't have you know, a direct answer for that, but I think it's, um, I, I think it's too early. 
Um, and I think it's uh, going to be interesting to see how the next five years sort of pan out for Bitcoin and you know what the ramifications are of you know Bitcoin potentially hitting a couple hundred thousand US um, and what what how people then view it um, as something to be used. Does the dollar ever go away? Yeah, maybe in its current form it does. Um, you know, I, I, look, ever, yes, obviously. Um, you know, like at some point, you know, maybe 50, 100 years from now, 150 years from now, 100% it's fucking gone. Um, the the path to the dollar going away isn't going to be clean. Um, it's going to, I think, be very, very fucking messy. I kind of, on a podcast a little while ago, I think I was on BTC Magazine podcast, I said that, you know, the, the world's likely to fragment into, you know, four big currencies, Um you know, Fed coin, um, China coin, uh, corporate coin, which is you know something like Libra, um, and then you know Bitcoin, the the one free monetary you know um, unit, and you know each are going to sort of have their own you know pros and cons, um, and you know different people are going to be attracted to different ones, um, but ultimately I think that um, you know the Economic activity has a way of, over time, um, coalescing around uh, that which is um, most structurally sound, um, which we all know is Bitcoin. So, so that that's gonna, you know, I, I feel like we're gonna, yeah, we'll probably concentrate before we, um, yeah, well, it's gonna be an interesting journey. I, I just don't think it's um, so clear cut that. You know, tomorrow Bitcoin. You know, we're going to go to hyper Bitcoinization before some other major things change along the way. Yeah. Well, I always ask this question towards the end of the show, and um, I'd love to get your thoughts around. Uh, you know, you're clearly fighting the fight. You're on the front lines of trying to get more people to understand Bitcoin and to adopt it, and to adopt it in a very um, manageable way. You know, mm-hmm. not go all in and lose your cash on a thirty percent retrace, and um, then sell out and do do all of those crazy things that many people have done before. Yep. <clears throat> if you could um, educate one person about uh, Bitcoin and like implant everything that you know, like uh, in their head, and have them go out and share that message with with their audience, an audience you know far wider than you could ever imagine reaching yourself, who would that person be and why? Oh, if I could share with one person. Mm. Got me on the spot here. Um, who the fuck would be that one person? Um, and what, they, they become a, like a full-on Bitcoin bull for the right reasons? Absolutely. And one tweet converts all of their following fuck um (laughs) as as much as i can't stand that fucking little shit um uh that little greta fucking puppet um (laughs) i mean like you know she's she seems to have a fucking platform and you know, everyone seems to fucking listen to us. So, so that may be the, um, you know, our path to mass adoption is fucking turn Greta into a Bitcoiner. <laughs> That's so funny, man. I asked, um, 
Yeah, uh, Knut von Holm, uh, the same question. And he, yeah. turned the, he turned the question back on me, and that was my answer, Greta. Oh, really? And okay. um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and my, my reasoning is that, you know, exactly the same as yours. She has the platform, but the platform is the right demographic. When I, you know, as a father, I look at my kids and, you know, I see how they react to what she says. And somebody that can have millions of, I don't know, like, what, eight to 18-year-old people, kids, striking off school on a Friday because, one, she thinks the education system is completely screwed. Totally agree. And, um, you know, it's self-sovereignty message. Um, the climate change thing, obviously, people think that's been politicized and uh, blown out of proportion. But the fact remains, she can reach that that next generation, the, the kids that are coming behind us, that this thing is basically being built for. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, if I can get past my um, my disdain for like the um, the politicized and you know pseudoscientific and fucking stupidity and you know the, the way all of that you know, everything she says is fucking framed. Like, so, so if I get past all of that um, and just look at the um, the idea of you know someone saying it, like it's 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 got to be sort of between her fucking Kanye West maybe. Um, I don't know, like, who the fuck else is big out there these days? I, I don't, I'm sort of totally out of the loop. I'm not on any of these social media things anymore. Who, I mean, is Kim Kardashian still famous? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you're asking the wrong guy about that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, yeah. But uh, to give you an idea, Mark Yusko turned around and said uh, The Rock. The Rock, oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting a whole range of answers. Um, it's uh, and, and some people have turned around and said, you know, as much as they can't stand him, uh, his reach is huge. And the Donald, um, if if we could just like, yeah, but whatever, I don't really like talking about the guy. Yeah, um, look, I, I feel like the Donald would probably have the the wrong effect because um, you know, so many. I, I mean, it kind of depends who we're trying to target, right? Like may, maybe that's the answer is like which mm. demographic, because you know the. Greta's obviously going to appeal to fucking all the social justice warriors, which to me, like, aren't the sharpest tools in the shed. But, I mean, you know, they, they seem to have quite a fucking voice and movement. Um, and, hey, you know, like, for all of us on the other side of the social justice movement, um, we already get Bitcoin. So, hey, you know, if we get the rest of these dumbasses on um, because they blindly listen to Greta, fucking happy days. Um you know, if if Trump says it, it's obviously going to alienate all the SJWs, <laughs> so it's going to probably just, you know, Bitcoin's going to remain a, you know, a thing for the people that are already in Bitcoin. Um, you know, if The Rock said it, I think yeah, that that's a, that's a good one because he's probably got a good spread across both. Um, he'll definitely get all the fucking chicks and ladies interested. Um, <laughs> Kanye probably is on the on the you know edgy side of the spectrum, so I don't know where that sits. So. I don't know. We've got to get all four of the fuckers to, to, um, to get behind it. And who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, how can people help you? How, how can they help Amber? How can they help uh, Bitcoin Times? How can they reach you? Well, Bitcoin Times definitely um, download it, share it around. Um, we, we put every single article also on Medium individually. Um, so jump on you know, my Medium. Uh, it's just at Alex Svetsky, so A-L-E-K-S-S-V-E-T-S-K-I. 
say spell my name. So you, you know, I mean, if you just type in my fucking name on Google, like my medium and my Twitter and everything will pop up. So, you know, get that shared around, like really like I, I put out a tweet today. It's like good for your health, bad for your health. And in good for your health, I said, you know, get some sunshine and fresh air, you know, strengthen your lungs. In other words, go do some fucking running or something like that. Um, you know, read good quality content, stack some sats, um, and, you know, um, you know, r- remain, uh, vigilant and, um, you know, skeptical about all this shit, uh, and bad for your health is, you know, lock yourself up inside a fucking room and become a, you know, a, a prisoner, both, uh, literally and figuratively speaking, um, you know, eat shit food, um, listen to mainstream fucking media, um, and stack fiat, <laughs> like, you know, so, 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 so take your pick, like, you know, if you want to be healthy, um, do that stuff. And now is probably a really opportune time for a lot of people to, you know, catch up on some reading and, you know, and sort of expand their minds a bit. So I think Bitcoin time is probably a perfect thing for that. And, um, and for those that are in Australia, you know, download fucking Amber, get on there, stack some fucking sats, you know, it makes your life easy. You don't have to think about it. You know, one of the most important ways to buy Bitcoin is to just set some rules and just fucking forget about it, you know, so you don't do stupid things. Um, and yeah, hopefully, um, as we, as we make our way into Europe, et cetera, um, keep an eye out for us, um, follow us on Twitter. We'll obviously be announcing things there and, um, we hope to serve a larger and larger community, um, on their journey to accumulate Bitcoin. Yeah. All the best of luck with that. And I appreciate um, it, man. It's, uh, It'll be a great tool, something we definitely need um, in Europe. We're, we're definitely behind the, uh, the curve, um, certainly in regards to, uh, to the US. Um, so you know, anything that's coming out that, that's going to help people stack sats in a, in a very manageable and um, you know, easy way is going uh, to be huge for helping people understand and, and start that journey. Definitely agree. All right. Well, Alex... Um, Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate uh, you responding to my, um, my, my DM and agreeing to come on the show. Um, it's amazing support. Really appreciate it. And thanks for all of your, um, your work and uh, everything you're doing for the community. Always, man. Really appreciate it too, bud. All right, man. Well, have Take a care. great evening. 100%. See you, dude. Hey guys, thanks for listening to uh, this latest episode with, uh, with Alex and, um, getting to the bottom of, of you know what what triggered him to to write this tw- this tweet storm and the uh, the medium article which uh please go check it out because i know we we covered a lot of it in the show but there's still some some of the stuff that uh you know went unsaid we couldn't cover absolutely everything and it really you know it gives you a different perspective and helps round out the great broader picture hopefully you're not all just watching the same news feed or from from the mainstream media, you're trying to, um, you know, be a self-sovereign citizen and try and take in as much information from as many different uh, sources as possible to, to round out your own opinion. And as this situation keeps unfolding, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, like, what seriously, what the hell is going on? Like it can't just be as basic as there's a bug, everybody in your house and slap your doors closed and you're not allowed out because we're trying to protect you. This is for your own good. And we're going to print all of this money and we're going to take away your privacy rights and we're going to start tracking you wherever you leave your house. And you know what? Like 
what the actual fuck is going on. And, you know, as, uh, as, as prickly as the article might be and as, um, you know, as forthright as this, this podcast episode might be, there's a ton of shit needs discussing and needs thinking about. And I think about what's going on um, in the UK at the moment, you know, like uh, people are just sitting there waiting for Boris Johnson to come out and announce when schools should close. And they're not, you know, so many people, millions of people are just waiting for him to tell them what to do. You know, like, like he gives a fuck. He doesn't care about any other human being and nor does Trump and nor do very, very few of any of these politicians that are in these places of power right now. You know, this, this top down structure that we have going on just seems like you know how did we get to this point how do we get to the point where we wait for somebody to come on the television to tell us when it's not safe it was not going to be safe as of friday to send your kids to school how about you make the decision how about you take control like you know we, we had the same thing here in france uh president macron he came out and um it was last thursday he said, as of Monday, schools are going to close. I'm like, are they? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you think Corona's going to wait around because you say as of Monday? Like, no, our kids didn't go to school like the very next day. Um, and it's just a weird, weird situation when you when you start unpacking it and thinking about it like that. It's like, you know, right, you know, here's, here's government. Okay, I'm going to sit and wait and do as you tell me. from somebody that really, really doesn't care. It's a real, you know, and you know, having spoken with Alex, it just gets you thinking and it's good to be shaken and, and, and to, to go through these exercises. But I don't want to dwell on that too much because the story around the company he's, uh, he's co-founded and building is something that should really be championed out of the whole call. And, um, the fact he's he's in Europe, he's away from his his home, and uh, he's he's trapped in Europe at the moment. Um, you know, he can't get back to his family in Australia because he came here to to lay the groundwork to launch the the next arm of their business, which has already helped so many people in Australia get start their financial freedom journey. You know, start stacking sats on on an app called uh, Amber, which from as little as five bucks, a purchase, probably be five euros or five pounds once it launches here. You know, you can set it and forget it and just start sweeping money into that and, you know, just wait five, ten years and your life will change. And I really, really believe that. And it's um, it's companies like this that, that are emerging and are going to be so important to so many millions of people so i want that to be the final thought go and check out amber put them on your watch list make sure you're following them on twitter because when they if you're based in europe excuse me um you know that definitely download that app as quick as possible and, I, and i've asked alex you know when they do when they do launch to let me know and uh you know i'll put a 
a, um, a shout out at the beginning of the show to, to make sure anybody in Europe that listens to the show gets the heads up. So uh, with that final thought, go and reach out to Alex, find him on Twitter, um, go and follow the, uh, the company he's founded, Amber. And um, yeah, if you want to support the show as usual, you know, just, just tap that share, share the link and, and share it to somebody in your contact list beginning with S. There you go. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Find me on Twitter. You know where. Catch you later. Bye-bye.